you don't know what's happening. <laughs> How are you feeling inside? I, I feel like I just got... I like I was part of sort of like CIA program <laughs> where you just you're just hit with so much stimulation <laughs> that like your brain becomes white noise and that's like their opportunity to reprogram you. I feel like that just happened to me. You I mean like in Lost where they're where like they have the room where the guy's been taped like to the chair and they have like the machine that holds his eyes open and it just plays like the randomly flashing sounds and lights and words over and over again. Why don't when people talk about Lost they why didn't they ever tell me that was a part of it? Yeah. That sounds rad. And it's even worse because the only guy you ever see it used on, like he's not even it's just like I think he's like the the evil mastermind's daughter's boyfriend. He's not cool with it, so he's, he's like, hooked him up to the brainwash machine. Boy, I hope that was on Lost, because if that wasn't on Lost, and that was some other show that was not Lost, man, am I gonna have a hard time ever explaining I'm, that I didn't make that up out of my thin air in my head. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm betting on this as being a dream you had. Which is cool. That sounds like a fun dream. A little sexy. But anywho, hi, my my name is Nick. Hi, my name is Kyle. And and you're listening to a show that we still continue to regrettably call the, the Big, Big Bang, Bang Theory, Theory Theory. I didn't know you were going to match with me on that. I I was uncomfortable with that. What what happened? What just happened? I'm not feeling very good right now. And no. Uh, well, I, I so. You know, I'm just gonna, you can edit this out if you don't think you, this should be, I just wanna lay this, should we lay this on the table? This is your decision. It's your life. Yeah, I mean, why not? It's, it's the weekend, so it's, it's, act, well, it's, uh, it's April 21st. Yeah, you all know what that means. <laughs> it's an unremarkable Saturday. Yes. A couple days of happy getting through tax season, everyone. So, that may have impacted the way I felt about this episode, the date, this is weird. You're making it weird. It's yeah. cool. Hey, we're fun guys that do drugs sometimes. When we do drugs, we watch television, and it's a real mess. But I know I don't think that impacts. I think. Okay, go ahead. I think this episode is just crazy fucking bananas because it's it's so hard to follow. It's so much more rambling than so many other episodes, and dark. No, like like explicitly dark. No, no, but that's what I mean. I mean. So this is what's freaking me out right now. I like this episode. Like, like a lot. I did not like it. Like I said, it was just overwhelming, but. No, I mean, I remember it's gotta be the, it's gotta be the weed. Cause I was like, this is like some Rick and Morty level shit. The layers oh. within layers of this narrative that we're going to right now. So many of these episodes that we've watched have so little plot. They're all based on around like one misunderstanding. And I guess this is too, but. But basically what happens in this episode is Penny is auditioning to be in Rent, and the whole intro is uh, Leonard and Sheldon overhearing her sing and just shitting on her. <laughs> just unrelentingly. Just I think there was a joke in there about, like, you know, if cats could sing, they'd hate this too. Which, it was if the delivery was good, I'm not doing it justice. And, you know, that's fine. People do that to each other all the time, but she invites them to come to her audition. Uh, Leonard lies and says that they both have to go to a symposium, and then then you just <laughs> ride the wave. 
It's 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 turnabout after turnabout, <laughs> and there there's two lies happening simultaneously because Sheldon is over the top. He's masterminding this whole web, and I, I hate I hate that I'm impressed by it. <laughs> ah, yeah, it's I I don't know because you could try to get into details, but it's. No, I think everything's a blur until actual Leo, the drug-addled cousin, shows up. So I want to, I want to prove I'm still, I'm still functioning at some operable. This is like you know a vision test or something, just to test my perspective. Because let's make sure I got this whole thing. I'll try to get through it as fast as I can. Sheldon decides he's not comfortable lying to Penny on moral grounds, but Leonard convinces him that it's okay. So then he's worried because he's established that it's okay to lie, but he doesn't think the lie is consistent. So he begins ramping up more and more increasingly baroque byzantine lies that intersect in such a way not unlike he's basically kevin spacey in the usual suspects he masterminds like this incredibly labyrinth web where basically he realizes that penny will catch leonard's lie so he establishes to penny that leonard's lie is actually to cover for the fact that sheldon has something he didn't want penny to know about which is this Entire separate fictional person, Cousin Leonard, who is going through a bit of a drug problem in his life. And so in order to make this whole thing consistent, Sheldon just ramps up the amount of background. He really makes the character as three-dimensional as possible, and it's fascinating. And then, after all that, Penny, of course, totally buys it. But now, the lie, the illusion has gotten too deep. It's too realistic. It's become so real that the character has transcended the fiction and will not correspond to their needs because they realize that the Cousin Leonard they described, it's not Cousin Leonard. It's Cousin Leo. So this character, the way he's described, you get a sense for him as as a narrative construction, a dramatic construction. He would never, he would say he was going to rehab, but he wouldn't really go to rehab. And Leonard and Sheldon would know this. So, of course, they would bring him back to their place. So... Sheldon, of course, like you do, goes out and finds a dude with some theatrical aspirations, brings him back to play Cousin Leopold. Penny comes in, is totally convinced by this scene. The guy playing Cousin Leopold is a delight. And we round out with some really dark sort of horror movie ending at the very end. I I just have been freaking out since <laughs> early on at the description in one of the, the first... I think in the same sentence, you used both Baroque and Byzantine. I am being intellectually destroyed. And then everything else that came after that was, I I believe it was accurate. And I couldn't believe it just kept coming. I don't know how you did that. Jesus Christ. Like, ah, I, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed right now by by your ability to maintain all that and spit it out like that because i i really i feel like i was picking up on some individual jokes that was going along but the actual plot i just i just got lost in the river no there are some really clever turns in this episode for the first i think sheldon is absolutely right the way he describes the cousin you know what no this is boring fuck this i want to talk about it I now want to retract using Baroque and Byzantine back to back like that because I think they like both literally mean different architectural styles. So it would be weird. Be like Gothic Romantic, Gothic Romantic Baroque Byzantine, yep. neoclassical historical. I brutalist. I I I, I know the weirdest bit about brutalism. I'm glad that came in at the end. So Do you know, now here's the question: 
Did you know anything about it before the American Chopper meme that was circulating on the internet? No, no. Okay. Wait, no, yes, I did. Sorry. I meant the opposite of what I said. Yeah, I, I think I had to read about it on Wikipedia one day after learning for the first time of brutal architecture. And I can't remember who said it, but they had a quote about um, their, their, their stance on brutalism, which was uh, at least when the, when the Germans bomb, bombed our cities, he was, he was English, they just left behind rubble and not buildings in the brutalism style. <laughs> it's like, fuck! That man, that's that's a nasty architecture takedown. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Yeah. Oh, so that's thank you. Like, have you ever like written a character and then you're like, you want him to do one thing in a story, but then you know that logically that he could only do this other thing that's the opposite of that. Actually, I think the writers of this episode of The Big Bang Theory, I wonder if they felt that way about Sheldon, because Sheldon in this episode is a completely different character. Yeah. From, I mean, I feel like Sheldon gets, like, there's basically two versions of him. There's the intolerant, hyper-autistic Sheldon who can't, like, stand anything being different. Yeah. From, and then there's just Sheldon, the precocious 12-year-old in an adult's body. I, I think what happened in this episode is... If you are in any way familiar with the Street Fighter games, you have the character Akuma. Or yes. if you're in Japan... Goki. If, yes, Goki, yes. And uh, his true his true form, Shin Akuma, has, he's transcended the, his, the, the, the peak of his training and become another, another entity altogether. And he can shoot two fireballs in the air at once. That's badass. And I think what we saw here today is Shin Sheldon. That he's the same person, but whatever whatever ceiling that he could not top earlier to his due to his own physical and mental limitations, he just broke the barrier. Because yeah, he is calculating and manipulative. He's he's engaging in subtle subterfuge. Oh, it's great. And yeah, I think he, he spends a few different instances in the episode kind of terrifying people because uh he he'll he'll spit out this this fat nasty lie, uh, and and Leonard will be like, "But that would really hurt someone's feelings if you said that to them." And he's like, "I don't understand why that's relevant." And he has to like establish it several times that he just he's no feelings. It's gone in this episode. He is he's robotic but sinister. <laughs> no, but that's he's able to. Well, uh, okay. Couple of quick side notes. First, did we ever find out if Goki was Ryu's father? Is that canonical or not? Whoa, I I don't even know. I saw a Street Fighter movie that suggested that one of the anime movies. Really? But... I had no. I've never. I've never heard that connection. And so that as I, I can't speak to that. Okay. I, I never think about because they're both dark Hado users. Yes. Well, but Ryu, I love Luke Skywalker. He's on the line, and he has to choose. I don't want to talk about Ryu. I'm sorry I brought this up. No, and here's the other thing that's interesting about that. All you were trying to say is it's like one of those characters who receives a power-up, and then their whole personality becomes more impressive. And instead of just... And you went with a Japanese reference, and instead of just saying, it's like Super Saiyan Sheldon, you went with... It's like Shen Akuma Dark Fang from Street Fighter. Hey, hey. Specificity <laughs> is a soul of soul of narrative, you sassy son of a bitch. All right? 
That was my cultural reference. You can't take that from me. I'm not going to fit into your norms. I didn't watch Dragon Ball, okay? I don't even know what an anime is. Fair enough. Drag me down to your level. You're super saying whatever's. But anyway, he doesn't know anything about... He doesn't know how people are supposed to react, but he creates this incredibly dramatic... Where did he get the components? I mean, think about the pathos in this story. Cousin Leopold... This is what I kept coming back to. Cousin Leopold is actually a construction entirely of Sheldon's creative, predictive powers. It's it's like Sheldon's writing a character in a novel, a character in a play, and what does he construct? He constructs this sad, middle child, Mm -hmm. dysfunctional estranged from his family with a slightly abusive background, trapped in a blue-collar life from which he can never escape. Always feeling like an outsider. He he was a a military brat, too. Military brat. Yes. Never taken up roots. No No way to connect with anyone. So he slowly becomes more and more withdrawn from society until he discovers the heroine. Yeah. Yeah. And his life, he's just never, he's slowly spiraling down into a cycle of it's implied death. Yeah, no, all of this is, it's very intense, and he's just laying it so thick on, on, on Penny and Leonard, and it's, it really is impressive. So it's interesting. So the guy they bring in to play Leopold, what do we know? Well, first off, I was just saying, I don't know if I made this clear, but if we assume that, I mean, he pretends it's all based on, well, he claims it's all based on statistical analysis, but you can't get broken-hearted middle-class Outside, I mean, maybe you can pull it from abstracts of psychology books, but I'm just saying, it's more interesting if you think that Led- that Sheldon subconsciously chose the traits that stood out to him the most as the darkest that he put them, and they just happen to overlap with so many of his own traits. Whoa, hey, I think you're making a few too many uh, assumptions about the the Sheldon there, because yeah, I, I I think what he did was he was doing as much research as he could. Uh, during the the course of the episode, so he could try to find the the most specific and significant influences that would drive someone towards a life of loneliness and drug abuse, which that's a hoot. But to to say that he was describing his his own characteristics, fact Sheldon only child, fact Sheldon <laughs> gifted, loving, and accepted. With a sassy mom that's willing to take him as he is, even though they have different political and religious values. Fact. Other things that support my case. So don't that, don't put this on Sheldon, alright? The, the only one of those that is demonstrably untrue, because the rest of them were all subjective, was the very first one, which is Sheldon is not an only child. Oh, right. And we know that because... bricks. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that she... Nerd has to, stop! Continuity punch! Not even taking it. The fact that she had to point that out shows that he was the favorite of the three. There's nothing indicating he was the middle child. I'm just saying, Sheldon is above that, alright? You're trying to say that he has to pull from his own broken person and that he's just sending off little pieces of it to to craft this Leopold homunculus? I'm just asking, how is it possible that someone who claims that they don't understand how anyone else feels is capable of producing such an archetypal... Construct of human misery. It's all about the numbers, baby. That's what's scary to me. That, yeah, That's it what's is scary. scary. You should I don't be like afraid. the idea that someone could, like, you know, just read all of like my statistical data, like my date of birth and my socioeconomic background and my race, and you know, and just spit me out. 
he doesn't have the weakness that he needs. He just understands. He has access to all of that data, and he he does take it in and synthesize it, and it is scary and dark. But that's that's what I want him to be. I this is if this is who Sheldon turns out to be, just this horrifying, manipulative monster. That's something, you know. Rather than this like inconsistent, wobbly, like oh, sometimes I'm scared of people, like other times I'm a, just a sass master. And he's always uh, fluctuating on how well he seems to understand, like, emotions or facial expressions. And this is, like I said, he's gone above. Yeah, I mean, he's basically, like, master of the truth by the end of this episode. You wonder, like, how big does it go? Like, you can see him, like, like, what I'm saying is there's a version of Breaking Bad where, like, Gus Fring, you know, after he goes down, a phone rings in, like, Sheldon Cooper's office. And he picks it up and he was the guy running the meth the whole time. That's what it felt like watching this episode. Yeah. It's not hard to believe that any uncomfortable social situation that they've had up to this point, any that they will have, are not the direct result of of Sheldon's Machiavellian machinations. You know what this episode is? Because this is really where I thought almost that they were going. And then they didn't, but I could have seen it if they had ended like this. This episode felt like Inception, where Sheldon starts out the episode by telling Leonard, you know, I'm not cool that you lied that we, because you were afraid to just tell Penny that you didn't like her singing, and that's going to have consequences. And he's like, no, it's not. And then I was almost expecting Sheldon to reveal that he created this entire elaborate, painstaking Machiavellian plot just to push Leonard to his limits so that he would confess the truth. Yeah. And then Sheldon would be like, ha, see? It's always better to tell the truth than be trapped in your own lies. And even though he doesn't do that explicitly, how can we ever know that isn't what just happened? I feel like it didn't come far from it. I uh, I feel like that was uh, still like four-fifths of what happened here, aside from the very ending there. And we we don't know that that couldn't have happened. That's a thing. It's it, it, The next episode is going to suck so hard <laughs> because it's going to go from this into Sheldon being like, oh, Miracle Whip is just objectively better than mayonnaise. It has all the benefits of mayonnaise, but it has the extra zest. It's lower in calories, presumably. I don't. Plus, think. you say whip, and it's just fun. Yeah, whip. and then they're going to have a Devo Whip It reference. Uh, and Penny is going to be in the door, just like, what's happening? And they're, gonna, they're not going to be satisfied with the audience not reacting to that in the prior episodes as strongly as they did. And so now they're going to start instituting goofy sound effects. So she's going to make her face, and it's going to go... And... Oh, and Wallowitz is going to be like, hey, Penny, nice sweater. That new? Yeah, it's going to be a Christmas episode, and he's going to have 8-bit mistletoe hanging over his dick. Oh, God. It's all coming this way. Oh, and then Sheldon is going to, like, do the thing where he explains infuriatingly that the mathematics of the logistics of Christmas don't make sense, but not for the reasons that you think. Because Leonard's going to be like, yes, I know, Sheldon, no human being could travel to every place. No, 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 Leonard, at relativistic light speeds, I've completed that, I've calculated that it's thoroughly possible that uh, Santa Claus, moving at 99% the speed of light, which of course he can because of magic, is capable of visiting every brown boy on the planet instantaneously. Well, then what's your problem? I don't know why, how he'd feed all the reindeer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Raj would have two drinks and start going on this bizarre alt-right screed. And everyone would be like, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the signs were there, but woof. Like, 
So I guess if we had to write an episode of the Big Bang Theory, that's how we do it. Is that is that the unfortunate thing that we just realized about ourselves? I guess. Is that what we just did? I think so. I think we were willing to be more vulnerable and open today and re- release the just the, the 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 sadness that we want to want to push onto others. You know what it was? Was that? It was that even though they're both nerds, there wasn't actually anything nerdy about this episode. I mean, there wasn't no. like they weren't rubbing your faces in the geekery of them as if that was like their defining social function. Like the situation they get in here, other than the fact that Sheldon takes it way too far, is something that actually any two characters yeah. could actually get into on any sitcom. Maybe that's why it was good. Um, because, yeah, it's the the only pop culture reference. There are probably more, but the only one that stood out was that Penny's auditioning for Rent. Well, they have a conversation at the beginning about Terminators. which is... Right. Yeah, you know, I, I, I forgot about that. But early in the episode, I was thinking, I'm going to find a way to tie their talk about Terminators back into the episode. And that thread is just, it's fallen apart. And so if I get to there, yes, me. But I'm not there yet. But yeah, I think it was the only, aside from Terminator, maybe two pop culture references then. And aside from that, it they they didn't have any, yeah, like uh, gratuitously nerdy stuff. Nope. It was just the, the, the social manipulation happening the entire time. And I think that the only thing that would be really nerdy was, um, and it's it's bananas, is, is Sheldon's obsession and his uh, his incredible attention to detail, because he would bust into Leonard's room in the middle of the night with this hilarious running joke where he goes, knock, 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 Leonard, knock, 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 Leonard, and does it over and over again. And he does it to other people in the episode because they really, really want you to know how funny it is. And yeah, so he'll, he sits there, well, not sits there, stands over Leonard while he, while he sleeps, asking him questions. And it'll be something like, I just remembered that it's not going to uh, hold up when Penny realizes that uh, that even though he was a middle child, that he had like support of other siblings, and he wouldn't have gone into this uh, sort of rehab program. Also, because he made the the, the calculation that the the risks that he uh, associates with the heroin addiction, he actually gets more benefits out of, and so it's not worth the mental stress to go to rehab, and he wouldn't make that decision. Jesus Christ, it's some Westworld shit. Yeah, he. That's that's how it gets nerdy in this one, is Sheldon just ramping that up so significantly. This would be like if you if you watched A Beautiful Mind and it turned out he wasn't schizophrenic. Like, <laughs> well, we should probably talk about how the episode ends. Well, so yeah, everything peaks. Leopold is is made from whole cloth showing up. He's yeah, the the theater major uh, who ultimately ended up in, in the physics field. Yes, Sheldon recruits someone from like a, wherever they work, which we still don't know exactly what's up, whatever university they work for. Yes. And is like, hey, you're in the theater, right? And he is. He's very in the theater. So he's totally down to give up days of his life to play a heroin addict instead of going to work. Yes. He, he is very, very committed to his part. So committed that Penny comes over and actually has to confront Leopold. And this triggers a multi-part extended rant monologue that I think takes up about a third of the episode. <laughs> and I think yeah. is also probably worth every second of it. Yeah, your face. 
while that was going on was really something to see. You're like, oh my God, this is happening. Yeah. Oh my God, he just said that. Oh, he said that too. I think it was brave the way they committed to such a long rambling joke. Because, yeah, it's she, she asks how he's doing and he starts off with like, I don't know. Have you ever woken up in a hotel room next to a, a transsexual prostitute covering your own vomit, not knowing where you went or the last time you saw your parents was? Because if not, I don't think you need to ask how I feel. And she's like, okay, I guess I'll fuck right off then. <laughs> and uh, that should be as much involvement as he needs, but he just can't stop. And he like stands... Well, because he has a... He has a dialectical conflict with Sheldon because Sheldon thinks that people are are reducible to data and genetics mm-hmm. and this guy thinks that every individual act of suffering is the result of a particular human failing and yes. incident. And so it, it turns into a it turns into a game of cat and mouse where yes. Leopold is is uh, uh he's ambulatorily uh, monologuing around the apartment uh just just belting out all of these tragedies and sufferings uh and Sheldon is just falling behind and going and he also has a genetic predisposition to drug use and then oh the terror I went through I, I had to stab my own mom to death in a misunderstanding over five cents it was it got really out of hand and then Sheldon come up and be like and just remember that he has a genetic predisposition to substance abuse. Yeah, for like ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. landing in an, in a in a whole. I mean, basically like a whole child molestation story that he just oh, unveils. Oh yeah. I blanked it out because yeah, he was working under the the chaplain. Yes, so the he chaplain, was. He must have also he been was in the military. No, because he was a kid. kid. He was a military kid taking yes. from base to base, and they were in the remote colds of Alaska. And I don't remember the exact wording, but yeah, so he. Earlier in his rant, he talks about having been, I don't know if it says molested, but like abused or something yes. by a chaplain. And it's pretty vague, you know, like, of course, whenever that happens, there's an implied sexual abuse thing. But you're like, well, they could be whatever. And then they, they leave it behind. But no, he brings it back later in the rant. I think kind of kind of near the crescendo yeah. and talks about, oh, Jesus Christ. He talks about how the, the, he, the chaplain pushed his gin pickled tongue into an adolescent throat. I'm going to say that again. Pushed his gin pickled tongue into my adolescent throat. Family like must see TV or whatever the fuck this is. And I'm like what did you just do? How did you do that? Why would you do that? This is a joke about like the cute nerds and like there was a fun mom for a little bit. That's great. And then, whoa! Like, this is a, it's a completely different kind of show all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, now there's heroin addiction and. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Penny basically admits, well, everybody has at least that one, you know, family member who's always in the garage huffing paint thinner. You know what happened here is they're in the writer's room and they're like, you know, I wasn't going to say anything, but I thought you should know that Randy's been feeling pretty down. He's been going through a lot and he's doing well, but like, he needs something to really get him going. <laughs> And uh, I think it would help if uh, we just, like, threw him an episode to kind of work some stuff out. Like, you think that's a good idea? You don't think it's going to get weird? It's like, it's not going to get weird. Randy's a professional. <laughs> and then the gin pickle ton. <laughs> I like the idea of 
Oh fuck! Oh fuck! If you read this draft, it's we can't do this. We don't have time to rewrite the episode. Well, we'll get one of the others. We're at the end of the production cycle. Randy left a message on my voice message box last night. That's a thing that probably still existed <laughs> when we were working on that episode. And I got to tell you, I don't think that's a good idea. I think really we just want to soak the losses on this because no amount of lost viewers is worth a lost life. And then they have to have like a real serious discussion about whether that's true. I think we really need to get to our one thing that stood out, good or bad, that you're gonna that's gonna be a takeaway from this episode. I can start if you like, or if you got something. Mine's not gonna be that surprising. Go ahead. This real simple. True Sheldon Unleashed is something that I think is they they never could have done this, and they could go through the entire series just knowing that he's this genius who doesn't quite get people, yet somehow is able to make all these situations work out. But he's a, he's a wacky goofball, so he's essentially benign. And they said, no. People need to know they should be afraid. That as, as innocent as he seems, that there are consequences. That he he speaks softly because he carries the biggest stick. Yeah. The unleashed potential of the human mind. <laughs> I do wonder, you can do everything, because if you think about it, this entire show has been dictated by basically what Sheldon does and doesn't agree to do. Yeah. Also, I think this is important. I keep thinking about it, and it holds true still. We're on episode 10. Yes. Nary a bazinga. Nope. So, that's cool. And I'm wondering when it kicks in and how terrible it gets. Although I will say that Penny thing will come back again and again and again and again. That's like one of his signature things, that knocking thing. Oh, really? Yes. God damn it. Oh, god damn it. Don't tell me these things. I'd rather just be more upset when it happens than spend my entire time dreading waiting for it. People apparently thought that one was really funny. What's your thing, man? I just like how this whole episode revolves around rent. Like, I was like, oh, man. Yeah, you were that date this to the. That. Well, it's not that it was just like, I could tell you basically, like, this show came out in 20, 2008. Something like that. Yeah, and I know this because that was the year Rent the Movie came out, which was the one time we all pretended that, like, all of America, including Medical America, cared about Rent. Yeah. I, uh, the, oh, this is awful. The most I knew about Rent was the, the song about AIDS from <laughs> Team America World Police. Yeah. And, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for another one of Nick's hardly relevant personal stories. So, I know, I don't really have a personal story segment. Uh, oh, no, we don't. Uh, I don't, don't need you don't one. Have to. I don't want one. But I will say that I remember my father in the first grade having to explain to me that it's probably not a good idea to belt in the class yelling mucho masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad is wrong. What? Is that what you used to do? Were you that? No, I was just, I, because... It's a line from Rent. Bisexuals, trisexuals, homo sapiens, carcinogens, hallucinogens, men, Pee-wee Herman, German wine, turpentine, Gertrude Stein, Antonioli, Revolucci, Kurosawa, Kamina, Burana, to apathy, to entropy, to empathy, ecstasy, baklavada, the sex pistols, HPC, to no fame, never playing the game, blame game. 
To marijuana, to sodomy, it's between God and me, to SNM, love you, Boam. Oh, well, that's not where it goes, but somewhere in there, Mark belts out, mucho masturbation. I hate you. I hate you so much. You were, you were just like, oh, this thing about mucho masturbation is kind of a throwaway comment. Like, what's that about? <gasps> Let me explain. You piece of shit. You just, you've been waiting to do that for an hour. I can't believe you. You betrayed me. No. My goodness. Because, like, if I had planned it, I would have found the right line. Oh, yeah. Just like you. This is, you're shelving me right now. You're, you're, you're fabricating flaws in your plan to throw me off the track, so I'll think the whole thing was just kind of a fiasco. But no, this is the next layer. You're going to hit me with some more Rent trivia. Ugh. I saw Rent, okay? I saw it at a local small production. I did my time! I don't need to hear about Rent ever again. Oh. Oh. I'm sorry. It's okay, I love you. I said those hurtful things, but I love you. And I said them maybe because I love you, because I don't want that to not be said and to breed resentment, you know? I appreciate that. I said to I confront my feelings. <laughs>